I'm jealous of my son. Why? Sometimes I get congested, especially- he's got a great dad. During, <laughs> yeah, precisely right. But also, especially during hay, hay fever season, I get very congested. Mm-hmm. And like a fucking pleb, I have to take a piece of paper and blow everything in my lungs out through my nose to try to attempt to get a slightest amount of congestion Sucks. out of my nose. It, it's terrible. My son, fucking king that he is, has a device, a futuristic Star Wars-esque device that I jam up there. Listen, pal. And it does all the work I for him. I come here to this podcast to not think about the nose Frida for a little bit. It, is that the device now, you're talking about? There's two approaches here. There's the nose Frida, which is a manual device, which requires basically like pumping, like you were getting free gas during the apocalypse, like trying to like siphon it up a tube. Yeah. That's the nose Frida. I did that for a while. Let's be clear. With your mouth from their nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you loved him, that's what you would use. You use a a sort of, you've got a sort of mechanical. I I upgraded. Digital? To a device, which is digital. And man, this thing. Digital? This thing does great work. It is automated. Does it have like an artificial mouth that's sucking it out the nose? This is a, this might actually be too gross. <laughs> I don't know that the audience would have. I love that Russ was like, no one's going to have tolerance for you guys trying to make me do New York Giraffe. So I'm going to talk about um, sucking the snot out of another human <laughs> being's nose. Let me try my intro. This one's going to be great. Okay. I love when I play Star Wars games and they let me do a lightsaber and they're like, pick your color. And then the color of your lightsaber, I think, tells you a lot about you. Oh, obviously. Uh, like what kind of person you are. Obviously, you big red. Bad. bad dude. Pretty bad dude. Not an option in this game. You can't be red. And I think that's closed-minded. Me too. Because not, it just, and that sucks. Just because you have red, you're evil. I know I said that like a second ago, but it's just a color. Like, what um, about Raphael Santa? was red. What did you say, Justin? What about Santa? What about Santa Claus? He is red. Do um, you think Santa uses a red lightsaber? Is that what you're getting at? Well, no, but he, he he wears red he wears red clothes. But I was just it's curious red and white. Color, like, it's like a candy cane. I'm just curious what color you guys picked for your lightsabers and sort of what sort of um like what went into that decision, like where, mm. how you looked inside and saw like the force inside yourself and how to kind of express that. Mine's magenta. Okay. Why? Uh, I liked it. <laughs> So that's it. No, come on. Well, the part I, of the problem. I have, I have a slightly more useful reason. I I went with white because this game is very dark and real time ray tracing. That is true. You can use your light flashlight. Flashlight. There's like yeah, a I use it a lot, it, which is good. Ugh. Green. Uh, I chose green because usually people with a lot of force use a green lightsaber. Oh, that's mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you measure how much force is in a person? Midichlorians. You just take oh, a blood sample uh-huh. and then measure the got midichlorians. It, got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, the, the tricky part is I can't... I mean, my magenta is different from everyone else's magenta. So, like, my magenta looks fucking awesome. Like, you would pay $6 in DLC currency just to use to my magenta. the rest fresh stick lightsaber. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, I'll be real. I think that the color is just in the head of you know, main character Cal Kestis. Oh, that's and cool. We're, we're, it's all red lightsabers. Yeah. The, he's a bad, he kills like a, a billion, trillion billion, people. trillion dudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and like in really nasty ways. Yeah. You know. So that's the color. And then I was curious about what length you guys went with for your lightsabers. <laughs> I, mine was sort of, I did go with a kind of like a, sort of a, Chode, I guess, is what the game you said like it was. You like a thick one, right? And you then it like... was, and then at one point, Darth Maul did come up from a spaceship, and he was like, "What's up, Choda?" And I was like, <laughs> "Damn, it's good." Uh-huh. He was like, yeah, "Choda man, good. Choda man." Oh, okay. yeah. Mine is double sided. What does that mean? Uh, you nasty. Uh, yeah, the means you're nasty. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and the force be with you. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and it's a day after May the 4th, so see you next year. My name is Ross Frushing, and I'm going to be Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club. 
And just by listening, you, my friend, have become a member. You've joined our illustrious ranks. And uh, we're uh, thrilled to be with you once again to talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. This one's a Star Wars Jedi. Star Wars Jedi. It's Colin's favorite video game franchise, Star Wars Jedi. That is Survivor. all the franchises that is popular. That has two games in it. Star yeah. Wars Jedi Outcast, right? No. 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 What, 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 what is this one? Glad you asked, <laughs> Justin. You. Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor is by Respawn. It is a sequel to Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order, and it continues that story. It's a mix of like some light Dark Souls combat, some Metroidvania exploration. It is bigger than the last one. It is, I think, much easier, prettier, and a good fair bit messier, especially if you're playing on anything, any device. It's pretty messy. Yeah, I'm going to, sorry, just to clarify, Star Wars Jedi Outcast is part of the Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast franchise. So, <laughs> right. Oh, damn. Yeah. No, that, that helps. Um, uh, and, and hey, here's a little bonus cool thing about this game. A weirdly decent starting point for folks who are like, how do I get into the High Republic? Because I know you're out there. You yeah. do exist. There are people who want to know about the High Republic and haven't read the books. And this, my friends... This is your time. This uh, is it. Yay. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk more about this video game. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties that's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties i think the most important thing is that you can change calcastus's facial hair in this one and you can give him oh the nastiest God. dirtiest little mustache the nastiest perviest little tiny little skeezy mustache that ever did exist and i think when you wear this one the jedi see you they're like no the sith see you they're like no fucking way man and he, yeah, because he looks like he's going to storm the Capitol. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he does not look like a good hang you know, he with doesn't. his mullet and his, like, I mean, you guys picked mustache. that. That yeah, was your choice. It. Yeah, as soon as I unlocked it, I was like, here we go. I wear nothing else. Um, that's a weird place to start the conversation, but it's just top of mind for me. Uh, okay, well, first, all, all of us liked the, the past Star Wars game, right? Well, here's what I'm going to say about the past one, real quick. Okay. The past one, I think, and this share a ton of DNA. Obviously, this is a direct sequel. Um, they're both DNA. like exploration-heavy, mobility-heavy Metroidvanias with, as Plant mentioned, Dark Souls combat. Um, I think this one is an overall better game, like the core game of it. Yeah. Um, but, but I think in the case of both of them, they take a lot of warming up. Like, I think the latter halves of both of these games are much better than the beginning halves of both of these I, games. I would, say, I would say this one definitely still has a bit of a slow start. Um, but it, I, for me, it did pick up faster than the first. I, yeah. I did not actually love I didn't the, enjoy it enough yeah, to the first one. Sure. Let's talk about the start, because I, I maybe I'm bringing too many bad memories from the very beginning of the first one. The beginning of the first Star Wars Jedi is a, a form of torture reserved for only the worst Padawan. Uh, it is, what, what, you're like on a junk 
yeah, you're ship a junk or something. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a like tutorial a bad, level. Yeah, it's basically. like bad Uncharted. And then they're like, hey, we know that that wasn't super fun. So now we're going to be in a kind of Metroidvania E open world level. And it is effectively a desert canyon. It's like with swampy. Like, there's like nothing to see. There's like yeah. no level. They forgot to make the level. Right. And then it gets, it, it does get, I think, way, way better. I really enjoyed that game once you get past that. This game. I liked the opening. Yeah, the opening is you're in Coruscant. Yeah. You're doing you're like you start on a somewhat somewhat Metroidvania level. But but you're surrounded by characters who like I'm pretty sure you've never met until this point. No. And the game's just like, hey, you know, you know Ted and Linda. I would <laughs> I would you've been hanging out with them for a while, right? I would take issue with the Metroidvania thing. I don't think there's really much here that is I, a little bit uh, i mean yeah little, but up front, bit. like every once in a while you'll get a thing that'll let you go back and get an unlockable but by and large it's fairly uh that element yeah, is I, way reduced in this game mostly because they don't do the metroid thing of like samus gets hit by a dinosaur and her suit breaks and now you have to go learn how to turn into a morph well, ball again let me let me say as you get deeper into the game it becomes more and more and more metrovania i agree with justin the first level has like one item that you can go off the beaten path for in once you're like five hours into the game you can go in about 50 different directions i played uh at least nine hours um yeah but are you good are you good is a great question (laughs) I, i think the souls like aspect is way bigger in this one uh the first the first game like basically you were either finding those powers that let you explore the world a little bit better or 99.9% of the time you were finding a different color palette that you can apply to your little droid buddy. Um, And in this game, there's like unlockable perks that you can find and equip. And uh, they they definitely went a a bit harder on the RPG stuff this time around too. I, I would say great effect. I think that they, I am usually the first person to kind of, uh, criticize a game for having like unnecessary and unrewarding kind of rpg mechanics sort of tacked on but i actually i I, this game has a a few flaws in my mind but this is not one of them i actually really like that that part of it and it made me feel like it made me feel like exploring the world was rewarding in a way the first game never was because like i didn't give a shit about the loot cycle or whatever that there was to to find there in this one it feels like genuinely pretty impactful yeah, they also, speaking of souls, have a hub area in the yes. second planet you arrive to, and that hub area will, like, very much like a Souls game, you'll find NPCs in the world, and they'll be like, I'm looking for a home, can I come back to your place? And they just, like, chill in your place, and maybe they'll give you quests and stuff. So Yeah, it's you could, like, extremely... do gar- There's also, like, a gardening mini-game you can do. It's, <laughs> yeah. They, it's it's, it's wild. pretty wild. Um <laughs> I don't, I don't know how much of that stuff I care to engage with. Um, yeah. It's all optional. Which yeah, is sure. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know with these. I played a lot of it and I still don't know. I. <sighs> so I, I guess the question, Justin, when you were, when you say you played a lot of it, yeah. like how much of that time was you just doing main story stuff versus like going on side stuff? I mean the the side. I mean, like, like what? How much side stuff are, you, are we talking about here? Like going. Up I mean, there's that? a there's a ton of side stuff. So I, like, it, it, there. You know, the main story quests are pretty well marked as like go to this icon and that's a main story quest. Yeah. And then the side stuff is like everything else. There just seems to be a lot of stuff in this game that is like fun adjacent, without actually being like fun. If I could give you an example of something that really chapped my ass pretty bad, uh, you have a grappling hook, and it's already the bad kind of grappling video game grappling hook because it's the kind of grappling hook where it's like, "Hey, listen, man, th- there's like eight places, th- and here's the places you can use it. You can use it right here and here and here." Um, and so it's not really like adding a lot of dy- dynamism to it. It's more just like, "Here's a way to get around." Um, uh, uh, later on in the game, say about eight hours or so, you meet a character who has the ability to create grappling hook places, right? But the grappling hook places that she can create are only in very specific spots. So what you've done is you've added another button press to create the grappling hook in the exact spot you want it. And then after that, I'll just do, I'll, then I'll go ahead and press the grappling hook button after that. It's like, 
in no way adding anything. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not interesting. And there's a lot of stuff in in the game, like like you just talked about the the gardening thing. I they don't. In, I mean, I know that's a very minor bit, but they also don't say like why that would. You, you know, they don't make it in any way like appealing or interesting. Um, that's kind of how I feel about a lot of it. It just feels like um, close to enjoyable without really like giving something that is that is actually uh, fun. So I feel pretty dramatically different from that, and that's fine. We're here to politely <laughs> disagree with one another. Um, I think what I find about this game that's so appealing, and I, again, I would acknowledge, like, I think this is not an excuse. Like, I think the game gets dramatically better as you get deeper, but even before, you know, even in the early game, there's a few things that I find very compelling. One, I think the combat is like pretty fun and like countering enemies and and doing super attacks and using force powers and all that stuff. The combat feels fun. It's not something that feels like a chore to me. Quick, quick question felt, on that on the on the countering and the parrying. Sure, I felt like it felt bec- and I think this is because of the weapons that everyone is using, right? Lightsabers and whatever weird like lances they give to the stormtroopers. It feels sure. squishy to me. Like it doesn't feel great to do those parries. It feels a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't feel great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't feel that way personally. But okay, uh, I guess yeah. It's it's hard for me to say. I ju- I just I every time that there was an uh, a moment where I saw a bunch of stormtroopers, I was excited about hard jumping agree, in the middle and way. fucking I, shit. I I do agree about the combat. I think that's the best thing in the uh, in the game. Um, I think that it's a lot better when it's one on one because anytime they put you against like a big what? creature, not one on one, like uh, you versus like other humanoids. Um, yeah. I, oh I yeah. Think that's much like, better than um, a lot of the rancor fight. Yes, exactly. I'll, they pitch you up against a lot of bigger creatures that usually ends up with strafe around behind them and hit him from the back. Until you learn how to mind control them and turn them into yeah, a weapon in your glorious cause. Yeah. That's good shit. They do give you like a lot of tools uh, just to address just the other aspect in addition to the combat that I found really interesting. Um, this game is jank as fuck, like just from like a like visual standpoint. Like I'm not even talking about performance. Like you will, there's like a lot of clipping and a little bit of jerkiness it's in weird, terms of walking man. around it's the world. Weird. It's, it's pretty jank as fuck. And yet moving around the world, I find way yeah. more enjoyable than a game like God of War Ragnarok, for example, because they give you so much freedom in terms of where you can go and what you can do that I didn't feel like I was on rails. You can feel the respawn in it. Yeah. Like to me, when I think of like respawn, especially like with the Titanfall era, it's a lot of parkour mobility right with you. And then also just some like fun, silly gimmicks here and there. There are a lot of animals in this game that you can ride and, and also a lot of animals you can murder. But that, well, okay. So let's go on that. That was my favorite part. Cutting things up in this game good. feels so good, and they they just covered the world in stuff to cut up. There are like vines and wires and metal pipes and like a lot a lot of defenseless animals. If you watched <laughs> from a distance, if you're like, "Oh shit, is that a Jedi?" Like, yeah, I think it is. Look at his laser swords, and then he just like runs up to a bunch of like sheep analogs and starts beheading them. Like, whoa, <laughs> is that Jedi? I, is that what they do? I mean, the, forget the defenseless animals. You would say that when he attacks stormtroopers, he'd be like, "Oh, good, a yeah, Jedi is here to save us," and he'd be like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh my god, oh god, oh my god, Not oh, oh god, like god. literally, uh, not a joke." Last of Us two level psycho <laughs> murder, like to, to, because they make everybody in this game is always talking all the time. Uh, yeah, which you just kind of have to get used to. There's not and a it's usually like jokes. It's and a I- lot ironic. Of jokes. Yeah, they're always saying the worst last words they could possibly. And it, yeah, say. and there's so much. And not a, in the first five hours of the game, you come across a lot of scripted sort of stormtrooper. Uh, encounters or droid encounters, which, you know, those are soulless robots. Are they even conscious? Is it doesn't even matter when you chop one of those up? Who's, who's to say? But they do say a lot of shit like, wow, what a beautiful view. I hope nothing, not a joke. You climb a cliff and come up to see a droid looking out over the horizon like, a beautiful day. I love it here. Wow, this is the best outpost I've ever been on. And then you fucking stealth kill them and throw them off split, the, split. the cliff. Uh, it's constant that you are and if you get into a group of uh 
enemies and you start fighting them, the first time that happened to me, the last survivor is like, you may have killed them, but you're not going to kill me. Like, I am I am going to do that, pal. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of humanizing combat that I think was impactful in Last of Us 2 and maybe less impactful when you have a laser well, blade sword I, and no risk I would say it's doing the dying. opposite, though. In Last of Us 2, they're doing it because they want you to think that these people are real. Yeah. In this one, it's just like a goof. It's like dark comedy. Yeah, it's slapstick, effectively. Yeah. It's like Three Stooges shit. Um, yeah. There's some really cool, like, puzzle rooms, really cool oh, yeah. ways of, like, using the force uh, that actually do take some thinking that are not, like, m- more mechanical. Like, you really actually kind of have to think through them, which I think is pretty neat. Very, very uh, Breath of the Wildy. Uh, there's a few, like, shrine-type yeah. yes. dungeons. Or the there aren't, like, hundreds of them, but... The Tomb Raider like tombs that you would find in the in the newer Tomb Tomb Raider games that were just like, hey, this is going to be a big environmental puzzle, but if you solve it, you're going to get like a pretty cool boon out of it. Um, those are those are very cool. I I I am enjoying this game a lot more than the first one. I think I'm going to stick with it. I agree with a lot of the stuff that that Juice said. I am so totally over um, environmental sort of navigation. That is that feels kind of uh, prescribed. Canned. Uncharted look, era. If you look like in the distance and it's like, well, there's the waypoint. And from where I'm standing, I can see the path of ivy and ropes that you want me to do. For me, that doesn't feel like Reese. But to me, that doesn't feel like Titanfall okay. or, or something that is a little bit more open-ended. It feels like, okay, so you just want me to press press those buttons. That's that's So here's what I'm going to say. And this is a spoiler. Uh, this is like a mid-game spoiler, but I think it's important specifically to this discussion. So uh, if you want to skip ahead, that's totally fine. I won't be offended. There's there's a area, Jeddo, which is like a very well-known Star Wars location. Um, at the There's like a very big story sequence that happens throughout Jeddah. At the end of that story sequence, you unlock the ability, again, spoilers, to air dash in the game. You can double jump, and then you can follow that up with an air dash. And then there are ways to get more air, air dashes while you're in air. And that was the turning point for that me. Because that to me. totally solves what you're talking about by giving me... Now, whenever I go to Kobo, which is like the big, giant, open air area, like, you're right. Previously, it'd be like, oh, there's a rope there. I have to follow this route and whatever, whatever. Now, I can zoom across those areas like three times as fast using cliff sides that I'd never previously been able to reach. And everything after that you get that air dash is also a mobility increase so that you get something much later that's an even doper way to get around the world. And so I agree with all the complaints, but I do think they were so aware of them and went and ad- and addressed them. Okay. Um, not to plug my social... But I did recently tweet a video that shows like a mid to late game optional side challenge that I think really exemplifies it's how buck wild the mobility gets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you want to like see where things go, that might encourage you to like play more if you're kind of on the fence about it. it. But I think the second you unlock play. that, like that, that Jetta sequence ends in a totally fucking buck wild, like one of the best video game moments of the last year for me. Um, and and you unlock this ability. But let's speak so, on Jedha for a minute. Why would you call something something that sounds like someone saying Jedi with a Southern accent? It's because I, I'm pretty sure I don't don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure that that is where the Jedi's get their name from is from that, or planet. vice versa, or it was named for the Jedi that. There's an awkward there. conversation where uh, she's like. Um, I hear that people on this planet were like really the people of Jedhab were big fans of the Jedi, and like neither of them mentioned anything about how those words are racist. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go um, about their day. Well, it's it's also worth noting that in Jeddah they say the word "spamel" about sixty-seven times sure. over the course of ten minutes, which are and basically you just have to let it roll. They're hyper turbo. Hyper-donkeys. Hyper-donkeys, yeah. Um, I do. I. I the story of this game i think is more compelling than the first the first one but it does this thing that star wars does sometimes the 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 new movies did this a lot which is very sort of macguffin centric uh yeah. and anytime it's like like in uh what is it rise of skywalker was that the last 
movie where it was like, you got to find the dagger and the dagger has a magic map inside of it. it that That is just like, okay, then this is, what what are we doing here? I, I would love a sort of more grounded, more human or, you know, alien focused story. And this game, yeah. as soon as I hit the point where it's like, okay, so there's a set of compasses that you need to, it feels instantly like, oh, it's going to be one of those Star Wars stories then. Um, feel, okay, okay. I feel like my biggest problem, my biggest problem with this entire franchise is I, and I think it actually might be the source of like the disconnect on some of what we're talking about. When you say the franchise, you mean Star Wars? I mean, or the, Star Wars no, no, Jedi. No, sorry, I, Star Wars Jedi. These two games. I just think the main character is such a dork. And it's he's just he, nothing, right? He's, he's like a, such he, a no, he's, he's not nothing. That's like Kyle Katarn is like nothing. Dash Rindar. Dash is Rindar nothing. is nothing. This guy is a <laughs> fuck. This guy is a dork. You look at him and he looks like Archie. And he sounds like Archie, <laughs> and it's like Archie. If it's not Archie his was fault, a Jedi. he's a ginger. Yeah, but it is the fault of whoever made a video game about him. It just seems <laughs> weird to me. I feel like this would be working better, honestly. And this, this, there's actually like I think you could draw a lot of comparisons between this and Mass Effect Two. Um, structurally, kind of, it feels like Mass Effect. Yeah, or 2. like yeah, uh, sure. what is the classic Western where they get all the guys back to or the seven, seven. seven Samurai yeah, or right. Yeah, I I think that there's definitely like that that kind of aspect to it. I feel like it would have been a lot more successful if you had just been able to create your own character and oh yeah, gone gone that route. Because I just feel like the guy's such a dork and he doesn't really have any distinguishing characteristics. Like from, from he, his he does have red hair. He has red hair. That right. is true. He does. <laughs> he does have wet red hair. But he's like, when they're like, you're you can really handle yourself in a fight. It's so weird to me that no one is ever like for a dork. <laughs> like, it does. For I, he's obviously a dweeb. <laughs> really good at laser swords and stuff. There are glimpses, I think, of how the character has grown since the since the first game uh, that are very promising. But then it gets very. It feels like they you are mean not that as saddle conf- a beard. Is that what you're talking about? Like no, no one will I mean, know I'm a uh, dork okay, so now that I have a beard. This is not. Uh, I guess it's kind of a spoiler for like the it, towards the end of the first sort of mission. You face off against uh, what is it? A ninth sister, like a yeah. a, a Sith that uh, has been sort of pursuing you and your little rebel uh, order here. And small spoiler, so again, skip ahead. But this is like you know a half hour into the game. Uh, you have this big rooftop fight. Uh, with her, uh, and as you, like, finish the fight, he, like, takes a beat and tells her, like, reminds her what her real name was before she was sort of indoctrinated into the Order when she was still a Jedi. And it's a genuinely very chill, and then he kills her. Uh, he, he, He euthanizes her, essentially. It is like a, it is a very chilling kind of moment that came after a lot of modern Star Wars goof goof em ups and goof arounds that I was like, oh shit, okay. So like this is, you know, Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi, like he's he's grown. This is a grown this is a grown Jedi now. Uh and I don't know that they necessarily uh adhere to that tone as much. Well but after that he grows plants. So after that he in grows an, in another grow way plants. he grows. Yeah. And a weird gross <laughs> pencil thin mustache. Yeah, you, you can, can just keep working my number one hottest collectible in this game is I, and it really was a good motivator to like track down collectibles because I kept looking for a haircut that didn't make him seem like a total dork. And every time yeah. I got a new haircut, I'm like, oh, nice. And then I eventually got one where it's like slicked back. It's like, okay, you just look like a tier one operator that. that yeah, but no, okay. You're not leaning into it. Yeah, that's what you're 100% being given. right. You, you take, there, there are some office slacks that you can wear here. And there is a just straight up plain button up style. I do, shirt. I do have. And there is, like and a there's a Silicon man. Valley vest. Yeah, and you put all of that on him, and then he just walks around like a mid tier manager. He's like yeah, a Justin, are you trying to make him cool? Because like a that's a big mistake. If this yeah. was the first Star Wars game, this is about like a dork. Like I, I would be into that, right? Like if it was just like an uh, about how sometimes they let nerds be Jedi's, but like <laughs> I feel like that's not really touched on no, as it, much. It's falling down, but in the Star Wars. God, it really, you're not. You're not wrong. 
Um, um, I think this game is fucking dope. I understand all the criticisms. I get it. I think the mobility stuff does get alleviated in the latter parts of the game. You do have to get there. Um, but uh, I, I've had a blast. And for what it's worth, they did release a patch, which seems to have addressed some of the more dramatic oh, yeah, problems dog. with the launch. <laughs> I do want to say I'm playing on PC, which has been, uh, I mean, whenever a studio puts out a public apology a couple of days after the game comes out about the, not of the PC version, you know it's not great. Uh, the game has been working okay for me. I did while we were on tour, downloaded on Steam Deck and turned Oops. it on. And then the opening logos were operating at about two frames per I second. And I just turned it off. It looked like it looked it. like someone's like whiteboard demo for what they think the logo will look like. Like yeah, if you look was, over here to this side of the screen. It was hysterical. But one of the first areas, uh, or maybe the second area that you get to in the game, has this like contagion that's like a bunch of particle effects. Oh yeah, yeah. That are cool. just kind of floating around, and if you fall into them, you start taking damage whatever uh and there's it's everywhere and every time that i got into one of those areas for whatever reason my pretty high-end gaming pc would be like ah, let's slow things down a little <laughs> bit let's really enjoy this uh, maybe that was the force you were using uh, force was, slow that was the force I, that's exactly what it was i would uh i would say by the way i feel like a lot of games uh of late are really conscious about not wanting to limit their audience at all so if it's a sequel It'll be like, they will give you literally everything you need to enjoy it. <laughs> I would say with this one, and I did not finish the first game, uh, but Russ suggested that I watch like a video recap, and I'm really g glad that I did. Um, I think that it really, I think you'll get a lot, you're like you'll get it, you won't be like lost, but like you'll get a lot more out of it if you have a- Justin. Yeah. Did you watch the video recap in the game at the beginning? Oh, yeah. It was that, yeah. It's so bad. Dude, I there, couldn't it, believe that, <laughs> like I watched that because that's the introduction, and it is like- how can I describe it? it it's like it's kind of like, like a if an AI. It, yeah. yeah, it's like if, if, if you fed an AI and you're like, I, I want a trailer in like, um, I don't know, 20 quotes from the last game. They're like, anything more specific? And you're like, ah, no. Not I give really. you two sentences, like make something. And you watch it and it's like, well, that didn't help at all. And then when you get to the main screen, it's like there's an option on there for recap of yeah. Star Wars Jedi. What would you call it? Not Outcast. Outcast. Not Outcast. Jedi Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. There's like trailer recap, like, oh, thank goodness. And I click it, it's the exact same thing, and it doesn't recap. <laughs> yeah, I did the anything. same exact thing, man. Yeah. Watch a video <laughs> or something. Or Games GameSpot did a great job, a great video uh recapping the events of the last yeah. game. Uh let's uh let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about other things. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So, Jedi... Christ, what is this fucking game called? There it is. Survivor. Jedi, Jedi Survivor. Survivor, thank you. Um, is obviously a triple A game, huge budget, huge team, worked on for I think three years. It was actually pretty short for a triple A game these days. Um it's kind of become this dying breed. And th- it's become clear if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, like how much of this podcast is focused on like smaller indie games or mid-tier, and yeah. these sorts of huge releases. And these days these sorts of huge releases are like way more few and far between. And I'm kind of curious, like, is this the like low point? Like, like the, the amount of releases we're seeing uh, like on a year to year basis, or are we just going to see even fewer moving forward? Yeah, this is the high point. I, I, well, not the high point. The high point would have been 10 years ago. I mean, this is the high, this is as high as it's getting, you know, for like right now, I I think it's only downhill from here. I, I can't imagine that, you know, we will see, Every studio putting like just this week we had this in Redfall, right? Yeah. yeah. And we have Zelda. A week after that, we have Final Fantasy sixteen. A couple weeks after that, like this year is dense. Starfield, AAA, Starfield. Yeah, we were supposed to have that Suicide Squad game, but no, I com- I completely agree with you, especially after so many kind of public failures. Uh, Suicide Squad is not even out yet, and it feels like you can almost put it in that camp. I mean, Red Redfall, which I I believe I had on my most anticipated games of 2023 list. Uh, has that yeah, been? How has seems, that been received? Oh, uh, not bad. well. Poorly. Real boondoggle. It seems like that one. Um, yeah, but like I I guess that's my question: is what is a AAA game? Because this this is one of the first third party games that I played in. It felt not not on the Sony first party level, but it felt like, hey, this is a next gen game. It looks really nice. It's really big and interesting. It's doing all this stuff. But Redfall, I feel like, was meant to be a smaller game than this by a fair amount. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, there's no. But like small is relative, right? Like you look at a three person indie studio and like that's a difference between Redfall, which probably had over a hundred at least right but i think like that's that's the the point is that like this single a double a triple a spectrum used to be kind of useful and that you you knew what a triple a game was you knew what a double a game was you knew what an indie game was right well and And it was now scheduled out in a way that was very predict like when you went to e3 and you went to the ea press conference you knew Basically what you were going to be seeing when you went to the Ubisoft press conference, you knew basically about what the slit like they're going to have an Assassin's Creed. They're going to have. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like Clancy li- bullshit. Literally in terms of scope of like three A's, like there were three types of games. Yeah. And now the spectrum is is the full spectrum. Like you could get a game that is like, well, it's bigger than a mid tier game, but it's not this. And like right. this isn't, you know, God of War. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels like it, it's a lot more it's a game could be kind of like any size at this this feels like in the ballpark of a god of war and what i'm saying is i think games that are of this size these days are like you're gonna see like four or five a year kind of thing moving forward and Um, again like my perspective i'm fine with it if only because a part of it is i don't have time to play 60 hour games all day every day and b the smaller games, when they hit, they hit so hard, and I'm so obsessed with them. And like Dredge is a perfect example sure. of a game that I like, absolutely loved, made by a tiny team that came out of nowhere, no franchise, no IP behind it. And the more of those that I see, even from like bigger publishers doing those, 
the more swings at the bat there are to like make cool experiences, make cool IP that aren't tied to a new Assassin's Creed game. I, or there's also like just a ton of living games, right? So like, it's not that there aren't big budget games that are even getting updates. They just aren't new releases. Well, sure, but I would also add that like, you say a ton of living games, like Redfall arguably is a living game. I think more and more people are realizing that there's a, a saturation in the living games, in the games of service market why Suicide Squad had the reaction that it did is because the market for living games, let's say, can well, support five look, or ten games. No, no like, let me be clear, because there's, I think there's a huge difference. Honkai Star Rail is like is what I mean by like a living game. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. and I agree with that. But, but I think there's like a big gulf between that. I think the problem with a lot of these AAA games that you're mentioning, like Redfall or Suicide Squad, is they're trying to be both, right? They're, they're yeah. like, they don't want to commit to one side <laughs> or the other. Because I don't know, because because they're AAA games and they cost a lot of money, and the the publishers are freaked out about how they make sure that they get their their cash back. And kind of rightfully, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I I agree. It's it's a weird time. I, it's also kind of a funny time to like have this conversation because I'm sure a lot of listeners are hearing this and thinking, "Wow, there are a ton of these games. What are you talking about?" But this is the result of you know the pandemic kind of clog. Uh, being un- unleashed upon us and yeah so and, yeah, few I, games I, I think the it's last safe to years. say that next year is not going to look anything this, like this, this year. year's releases are bonkers it is it is wild to me how many the density of the fact that we are getting like in the same month like diablo 4 final fantasy 16 yeah. street fighter 6 uh i mean tears of the kingdom comes out in a fucking week uh, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I think there's going to be some long gaps in the year, sort of after the summertime, where it's not quite so hot and heavy. But May to June, it's kind of wild. All of the huge games that are coming. Yeah, out. and then Starfield comes out in September. <laughs> it, in theory, it is a bummer when you say that though that Redfall, you know, is not what we would hope it would be because it's like, oh man, I can't wait for all of these series from 1990. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, yeah, man. Know? I mean, yeah, dog. <laughs> There's a reason I put that game on my most anticipated 2023 list because it, it, it sounded so cool and it had. Well, a... but I would I would also say that like the only reason for the most part that we know to like look at those games is because they are established franchises. There are so many smaller games that don't have acknowledged IP that like end up being game of the year quality. Hades is a game of the was you know game of the year and it came out of nowhere and no one would necessarily put that on their most anticipated list when that came out it's only the games you would recognize Mm. yeah so i I don't want to brag but i put a hades 2 on my uh good work hey let me you know i i I have a little intuition hey let me play a gamer intuition whoever's got it let me play it let justin play it greg greg call justin here's his phone number (laughs) here's my phone Um, number Hey, can we do honorable mentions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and Justin spent a long time playing Meet Your Maker uh, over this past week. Uh, and when we were on tour, we did a lot of uh, hopping into co-op Meet Your Maker sessions. And man, that game beats ass. What a fun game. Yeah, I think we've talked about it on the last like three besties. No, they still won't play it. Oh, really? I have been busy. No, you're no, not. Okay. I'll play, and there's other games. Did you play? No, did you play any Binding of Isaac this week, Russ? I didn't. Okay. What about last week? I've been playing Jedi Survivor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um, it's it. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. It's the Mario Maker Doom game, but um, it's it. it I don't like uh twitchy shooters, and for me, I don't really play Meteor Maker like that. Uh, for me, it is a a more sort of like cerebral game than that of trying to guess like where uh the people who have made these bespoke levels have hidden their traps and then taking those like little tricks that you see people implement in their levels and then trying to you know iterate upon them in your own creations that loop is fantastic and it's not exactly a like a a new one like uh, you know any game that is sort of user generated content focused you you see that loop in but it is it is very well executed in this one uh with like really great hooks like i'm always wanting to go back and play more and get more currency to upgrade my traps or my armor or my weapons um i could i couldn't i could not put it down uh especially when you're a level level creation stuff like i would i stayed up accidentally like way later than i meant to one night while we were on tour because i was just so 
like dialed into the the level creation tools, which are exceptional. Um, I mean, you got obsessed with uh, Little Big Planet, right? So sure, like, yeah, you're no, a, I, you I, are I, a level boy. it is. This is a dormant thing that exists in my soul. Um, and yeah, I when Justin first described this game to me, I did not think it was going to click for me, just because I, I am not like a Doom guy. Um, but it, it there's Doom a, there's is like, another. It's like Doom. It's like if Doom and Meat Boy had a baby. It's mm. sort of like that. Like it similar in the sense of like learning the course becomes important, right? right. And like repeated like attempts at it. I mean, you could go through it very slow and whatever, but the more fun thing is to like have a wild wild run at it and see how it shakes out. Man, and- especially in co-op where like Juice and I would run into a level and then start just like taking our time. But then inevitably we would turn a corner and a wall would disappear and some big hulking behemoth would show up. And then we just start running and traps would be going off behind us. Or like if someone got too far ahead, they would activate a trap that the next person would then run into. Like it gets very slapstick, very funny. Uh, It's it's a very, very cool game. And I really hope they keep a building on it. I, I think I'm hitting a point now of saturation where I feel like I've seen maybe the general shape of what people can accomplish in in the levels. Uh, there is also a, a degree of difficulty that levels can hit where they are not fun anymore. Like it is not impossible to make a level that is just a a big unfair kill box. And when you end up and in are, one of those- Is the game encouraging you to do that? Well, no, because like whenever you build a level, it applies a danger rating to it. Oh, got it. Uh, and then whenever you pick a level, you can pick like normal, difficult, or brutal levels. Sure. And I just, I usually just don't play the brutal levels because, not because they're too hard, but because uh, that is where levels that people make that are just not fun to play kind of get siloed off a lot of the time. Uh, but if you stick to that middle difficulty, like that's, for me, like I, I could, man, I could genuinely play that all day. And I sort of did. Um, so, and yeah. even making your own level is a lot more fun. I never get into that kind of thing, and I really enjoyed it in this yeah. in this game. I really like making a making a level and and watching people, you know, play it and try to work it out, and it's very cool. I got on. I got deep into like the YouTube community, which is pretty small for this game. Like, this is not. I I, I don't actually know because I don't have my finger on the pulse exactly, but like, there's not that many like content creators out there making meet your maker videos. Uh, but I do like going on there to see like, okay, so here's a new sort of uh, trap that I came up with. You want to put this wall here and then have this guy activate by sound. And then when the guy turns the corner on the second wave, it'll, like it's it's really, um, it's a really special game. I'm really enjoying it a lot. And I think it's going to be one that I come back to, especially as they add, you know, more more stuff onto the list. Cool. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I finished... Um finished psychonauts 2 i just want to say it's really good and i i don't know why i stopped playing it it's great Talk- yeah but don't you i did you start from scratch this time or did you uh yeah kind of jump from- yeah i started from the beginning again because i had i yeah. made it i didn't make it super far last time like a couple of brains in um but after watching the documentary um about it like i really was able to appreciate it on a different level and it just really added a cool layer to to playing through it but it's also just like really excellent um and i and i feel i don't know why i bounced off it i think it was one of those times where there was like a lot going coming out at once and i think i just got distracted by something else but um i really uh i really enjoyed that um and i wanted to one other uh it's called have a nice death um and at russ and plan i recommended to you guys have you have you tried that yet i did actually play that one. okay yes. good um, it's, how would you describe it then? Uh, it's basically, yeah, I mean, you've said this before, but it's a two, it's like 2D Hades where you're sort of zipping from, uh, arena battle to arena battle and picking up, uh, various upgrades in like a roguelike, uh, environment. That feel, it felt at least a little bit like, uh, Hollow Knight for me at least. Yeah, and the, the combat scale, feels scale the kind of Hollow Knighty. The, I'll, I'll tell you that I thought visually it's fantastic. The animation's fantastic. Uh, I needed personally, I needed a little more to have a more grippiness for me, like from a uh, exploration mm. or just like other hooks 
Whereas this is like pretty much just like arena battle, arena battle. Mm -hmm. And there just wasn't a ton of other stuff that might happen later when I spend more time with it. But that was, you know, a game like um, Dead Cells uh, obviously has like a ton of focus on exploration in addition to the combat. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't quite here for me. But it was dope. I liked it. Crush, you got anything? Uh, No, why don't you talk about the movie? Oh, I, I just think people should go see Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, because nobody went and saw it this past weekend, and it's really good. And, I, I, you know, you want mainstream movies that are really good to do well, so they keep making them. Not that there's any pressure on anybody to spend their money to do that. They can do whatever they want. But if you enjoy good movies, you should go see it. That's all I'm saying. Go see it. A coming-of-age 1970s story. About... Well, I won't, I won't spoil it. They, the the trailers do a really good job of not talking about what this movie is actually about, probably yeah. because it would not sell a single ticket in the Midwest if they tried. And it was sort of a uh, a huge book, I want to say, like, for kids in the 80s growing up. It was, like, the book that they read, and I guess in the 90s as well, um, for a lot of kids. And so it's interesting to see it sort of revived at this moment when I, I'm sure a lot of those kids grew up and were like, oh, this made a huge impact. I'm going to make a whole movie about it. Rachel McAdams in it, A plus. Benny Safdie. You, hey, you, you watched Uncut Gems, and you're like, I wonder what one of the co-creators of this would uh, be like in a just a chill family drama. Hmm. Here's your chance. You get you wow. get what you asked for. Wild. Do we do it? Do we do it? Do we, we did make it, it at the end of the episode? Show. We did. Wait, a whole we, sh- we didn't because we didn't thank people. Yeah, I and was that's what we're here that. to do. I want to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts, uh, Lux1984, Mr. Moose11, and Like Bart. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Chris Plant, recap this those games. week, we talked about Star Wars Jedi, colon, Fallen Order. No, we didn't. We talked about Star Wars Jedi, colon, Survivor. And then we talked about uh, the current state of AAA games, Psychonauts 2, Have a Nice Death, Meet Your Maker in the film, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Excellent. Cool. Well, that is what do we know we're doing next week? So here's uh, full disclosure: <laughs> we are, we are uh, next week. Uh, the episode will come out on May twelfth, which, as some of you might know, is Zelda Day. The problem is we will be playing Zelda the second that you are playing Zelda, which is on launch day, which is to say we will not have an episode about that Zelda. That could be fun. That could be our first live episode where we're like, okay, oh, guys, so I just guys, turned I it on. Holy shit, Ganon's here. <laughs> Did you guys get the sword yet? It's sick. Uh, the pro- People are going to be asking specifically for that. I don't think we're going to be doing that. We will f- figure out something else, and then we will do Zelda-thon the following week and, and probably for like two weeks. Mega episode. We'll, we'll we'll probably do two weeks of Zelda if I had to guess, but yeah, we'll we'll figure out what we're doing next week. I don't know what it is. That's gonna do it for us, folks. Cool. Until next time, we did it. Thank you for joining us for the besties, and be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!